Welcome to the the read the uh, welcome to the read and Sean Aware podcast. R S. <laughs> welcome back to another episode of the Aware Audio Experience. Thank you for joining us here today. This is Thanksgiving week, so happy Thanksgiving from us here at the Aware Studio to all of you out there that have listened, loved, and supported our Aware mission from the beginning. This would not be possible without you guys. So with our full hearts, we extend a huge thank you to all of you. Being that it is Thanksgiving week, a lot of us are going to be returning home to our family or will be surrounded by friends, which means a lot of us might find ourselves in a lot of group settings. So today's episode is actually a few pieces from a conversation that we had with my father, Deron, and his best friend, Scott. Reed and I were lucky enough to travel with my father and Scott last year through the Middle East and a few of their friends. And Reed and I were blown away by what we saw during that trip in terms of group awareness and self-awareness. We'd really never been a part of so much emotional intelligence operating together. So we had a lot of amazing takeaways. So in the next clip, you'll hear us reference that trip that we took through the Middle East last year. And my father talks about a tough moment of conflict in his relationship with Scott and how they were able to persevere through that. Let's roll that clip. So trips like this bring it up. Right. I feel like relationship in general will bring it up. When you live alone on a hill, just you and the cows and the grass and the flowers, you usually don't have much problems. You have problems when you're in relationship because all your stuff is in your face. Right? Even one person shows up, now he lives with you, and now you, it's in your face. So, yeah, I think... When you travel together, stuff will come up. My friends and I, it's, it's, it's my kind of like prerequisite that we talk about stuff. We don't let things get under the rug and, oh, well, let's not deal with it. You know, I just don't, I don't feel comfortable because this is for me not a friendship. Friendship is, it's all in the open, even if it's difficult. I want to bring you up on a conversation I had with Scott a few months ago. It wasn't easy. You know, we had a really major cleanup to do between us. You know, in COVID time, we closed up, we didn't see each other, things happened, um, and we did some major cleanup between us about that. It wasn't easy for me to hear what he had to say, and he was probably right about some things, but I had to hear it. Mm. For us to be back to a good, close relationship, that needed to be cleaned up. And we sat down and we cleaned it up. We sat down in his backyard and had a good hour conversation. I was listening most of the time, really kind of digesting what he said and had to kind of come back later on and say what I had to say. There wasn't much, I, it was, wasn't even much that I had to say. It was more like I had to hear him and realize something happened that I wasn't aware of mm. and, and come back to love, right? Come back to a connection, come back to authenticity. And that's um, something that over, every relationship will have. It's never perfect. If you can't do that soul searching, come back to love, be honest about everything, you'll have a lot of issues. You try to be something you're not. Yeah, I think what was so profound for me was that I'd never seen a group operate that way. That's one of the magic parts about being human is our ability to you know, form groups and work together and collaborate. And I had never been a part of a group that communicated in that way, had so much emotional transparency, and it really set a tempo for what I think 
I want in my life, basically. And it's really special and unfortunately rarer than I would hope. I wish more people were open on that level to that style of communication. And I think it's something that you need to be brought into. And I feel that's why I felt I felt so profoundly grateful for that exposure to that to 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 know of this way of being it teaches you stuff because i had never seen such clear boundaries drawn i mean you need to communicate how you feel so that comes with the self-awareness like who are you what are your needs but then you have to be able to communicate them cleanly and it was so cool to see you guys go through that trip like right at the beginning even it was like hey Here's what I want to get out of this trip. Um, and then a few days in, okay, look, I actually realize you guys are moving a little faster at times, which is fine. Just know that I'm going to move a little slower and I, and I want to stay in the places instead of go boom, boom, boom. And then you start to understand what people are there for and you can kind of play into that. And I took that away from me, like Reed was saying, this whole year after I've been drawing boundaries and communicating so much cleaner because it might be a little uncomfortable up front, but then pretty soon after it becomes easy and it makes it easier for other people in the relationship to know how to treat you. Yeah, it's expectation adjustments, right? You have expectations sometimes from a group or from individuals and it doesn't work the way work out the way you want. So then there's this frustration and some maybe some stuff that you don't say. If it's out in the open and, and straight up and you talk about it and you say what you expected and the other side said what they expected, you find the common ground or do yeah. what with a compromise and then it, then it's okay and i think every relationship should be like that where you you have your expectation adjustments and you figure out what each one needs right and where is the place where you meet and where you draw your boundaries like you know if you do that then it's too much for me yeah then i may have a problem with you but there's always the area in the area in the middle where you can get along as long as you don't overdo that you can do whatever you want there right you know so it's like it's look relationship is negotiation right so it's kind of like how do you make everybody aware of what you need? And uh... It's just funny because what we came from, like we were talking about traveling with people in our age group, is such a different world. You're sacrificing and sacrificing and sacrificing, and then you blow up at someone on the trip. And there's like this awkward drama now because so-and-so got mad at so-and-so because mm -hmm. every night we went out and drank and like I didn't want to drink. I wanted to wake up early. And you it's left like, me at the bar at Mykonos. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I had no clue, but you know, that's what we were used to. It's like this wild west and there's explosions everywhere. It was so clean to do it, you know, to travel and move with this group because it was like things would come up and it was just like business, business, business. And it just you could see it strengthen our group. I love that clip. I think it's especially relevant right now as we head into the Thanksgiving break because relationships, a lot of times we think the sign of a good relationship is our lack of conflict or how good everything always seems. But I would argue that the sign of a good relationship and a strong, healthy one at that is the ability of both people involved to be able to traverse and persevere through conflict. There's one thing that's always guaranteed in any relationship and that is that there's going to be hard moments there's going to be moments of disagreement there's going to be moments of sacrifice and compromise that's what a relationship is it's this constant negotiation about what's important to you what's important to the other person and where can you meet in the middle and i think the sign of a good relationship is that the two people involved are able to handle those sort of conflicts with a lot of ease and openness and love there's a joke that one of the best ways to tear a family apart is to just bring it together and let them do the work. And we've all probably felt shades of that. It's sometimes hard to be around family. It seems like nobody can get under your skin like a family member. But this is an important lesson for us all because a lot of those relationships that might trigger us 
are actually reflections of some of the work that we can do on ourselves. And this has been a theme that's come up time and time again on this podcast is this idea that when someone triggers you, they're not doing it to you. They're actually doing it for you. It's an opportunity for some personal growth. There is light shining on an area in you that maybe a little wounded from the past and you have the opportunity to heal it in that moment because there's a light shining on it. And so either you can work at it and try to understand why you feel that way when that person does that thing or we can run away, but life works in lessons and that lesson is going to keep coming up until you're able to master it. It's going to keep repeating itself. So people will keep triggering you. A lot of times we think if we just remove that person, the problem is going to be solved. But the next person who hits that same thing inside you is going to trigger you the exact same way. And so I want to share a quick story that kind of highlights this experience for me and then we'll get into the next clip. When I was growing up, I was always a very shy and timid child. I always tried to lay low, keep my head down, not draw too much attention to myself. I had a really hard time asking people for help, or I felt very uncomfortable when people did favors for me, put me in a very weird headspace. So when I was in a group and there was someone who was able to really directly ask for favors, it triggered me. I would always get upset at that person, like, wow, who do they think they are? They're just coming in here and asking for these things that they want so directly it's so inconsiderate always get triggered by that and as I got older I realized that the reason that triggered me so much is because I didn't have the ability to ask for favors I didn't have the ability to ask people to help me that was a skill that I was lacking and so every time I saw someone able to communicate that need it triggered me because I didn't have the ability to communicate that need and it highlighted that for me. It was salt in my wound. And this is something that I had to go to therapy for. I had to figure out why did I struggle so heavily with asking for help. And some of the reasons that I was able to uncover through therapy is that I was the oldest of four boys. I had my parents for six years by myself. And then all of a sudden, three beautiful younger brothers showed up and took all my attention away. And so I was constantly fighting for the attention of my parents and I was overwhelmed with all the competition. So I shut off that ability to ask for help and it never really developed. And so as I got older and I found that that was a skill I really needed, I had a very immature way of going about it. And so it took me some work to get to the bottom of the reason why. But once I figured that out, I was able to start working at developing that ability and now when I need a, a favor from someone, I can ask them. And even if it's uncomfortable, I can talk about how, hey, this is uncomfortable for me. I'm not good at asking for help, but I do really need help right now. And it would mean a lot if you could help me. And my life has become better since learning that skill. So that's an example of a way that I was triggered in the past by people around me. And I realized that it actually pointed to a place that I needed to grow a little bit on my own. Switching gears back to relationships and managing conflict. In the next clip, we discuss relationships and conflict and some of the communication styles that are helpful when we do need to have some of those tougher conversations. Yesterday morning at the beach, we were talking about when you're going into conflict, Scott was saying you have to do this like assessment of who you're, mm -hmm. who you're engaging with because based on their ability to some people can't have like any conflict they'll just black out with emotion or they don't have the tools to be able to hear a lot of the things you're saying 
And based off of that assessment, you almost have to like cater how you're going to enter that conflict. Remember, you're talking about someone who has very little ability to, to communicate in time of conflict. You're like, you're going to waste a lot of energy there trying to get your point across. You almost have to like treat mm-hmm. that situation different than someone that you're like, okay, this person can do it. Let's go. Like what you guys are talking about, cleaning some stuff up in the backyard. Yeah, high level of awareness, high level of uh, ability to hear and listen. You're right. And we say you can't bring a full orchestra to someone that could hardly listen mm. to a flute, right? You have to start with a, you have to be wise to know wh- who you're talking to. Yeah. And if somebody can hardly listen to a flute, you got to just play lightly the flute. One or two notes at a time. Exactly, because uh, it's, a, it's a kind of the awareness. It's just like uh, bringing more and more instruments into the arena. And then you can finally hear the full orchestra. But there are people that for many years in their life, they won't be able to hear more than a couple of instruments together. So you got to really know who you're talking to and don't expect to, that's the expectation that I was talking about before, don't expect everyone to be in the level that you are. So two things to say about it. One is you got to know who you are and don't judge people by your your ability because you may be more advanced and you say, well, that wasn't that difficult. If I can do it, anybody else can do it and expect them to be where you are. There's a level of uh, you're not aware. There's a level of be not being not aware of other people's needs in the world and who th- where they are. Mm-hmm. On the other level, we talked about the blue and the red and how to do that and how to deal with a larger conflict. So I see it in a way of accepting our imperfection. I think the closest thing to perfection is accepting our imperfection. If you want to be perfect, you got to accept your imperfections. Or you want to be close to perfect. You'll never be perfect. But the close, the, the, the more you accept your imperfections closer to perfection you'll be because there is nothing perfect. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. So if you look at the American society, blue and red, as one body, it's until we learn to accept each other, this thing is not going to work. And it's okay to know that there are parts of me that I'm not that proud of. Part of me I'm not that in love with. Part of me that comes up sometimes in conversation, under stress, that I'm not too keen of. But it's happening. So am I forgiving myself? If I can forgive myself, I can get better and move on. So to accept the larger society, we have to accept that it's not exactly, not everybody will think the same. And how do we bring everybody into the dance is to how, to, how do we dance with everyone? Because if you can't dance with everyone, it's going to be a big blow up, right? So that's not easy to do, especially when things are getting you know, more and more polarized as, as they are nowadays. But it starts with you and your smaller group and it grows and the ability of people to be in a smaller group it's what reflects a bigger group and maybe later on we can talk about cities and countries but it's about accepting your imperfection and i think that this is something that's really lacking in society so we chose that clip for a few reasons there's two lines that stood out to me in specific the first one was about bringing an orchestra to someone who can only hear a flute and that's so important because Conflict is never fun, and we a lot of times focus on how we feel when we engage in conflict. But it's also critical to remember that we need to have a level of awareness around the person or people that we are in conflict with so that we can better understand how they feel, what's their relationship to conflict, and between how we handle conflict and our understanding of how the other side handles a conflict, that will give us a better ability to navigate more effectively. The second bit that I really liked from that clip was the part about accepting our own imperfections. 
I think it's so important for us to remember that we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes because that helps us live with more openness so that when we do maybe make a mistake, we'll be able to hear it better. If I think I'm perfect, someone tells me that I did something wrong, I'm not going to listen to them because in my head, I never make mistakes. I'm a little closed off and stubborn. So accepting ourselves for what we really are and all of our imperfections, I think is part of being a human and living an open, honest life. And with that, we wrap up today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. We wish you all an amazing Thanksgiving, and we hope that you can bring some added self-awareness to yourself, to your group, to your Thanksgiving party, and we'll see you back here for the next episode.